Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uke Stuff podcast. This is a podcast where I get to talk all about ukulele things that go beyond just one topic, so I can hit a number of topics at one time. So this is episode 22 of the podcast, and as I record this podcast, it's November 2019, uh, just turned into November, and uh, the channel, uh, the main Uke Playlongs channel, is about to hit 37,000 subscribers. The Uke Stuff uh, channel on YouTube where this video is hosted just recently passed 500 subscribers, so I'm about halfway to just my goal of, of being able to get to the point where I can monetize that channel, and I'm really um, glad that all this stuff is happening. So um, just a wonderful time. Thank you to everybody for subscribing and for listening, and uh, hopefully I'll have some good content for you here today. So let's, let's go through the things. I'm going to entitle this podcast, Thoughts after the 2019 Wisconsin Music Educators Association Conference. One of the things that I do is, in addition to being an elementary teacher now, is I continue to go to music conferences, music education conferences, and help other teachers with their craft, with the things that I've learned. And that can be areas of music technology, but even more recently I've added ukulele into the things that I've talked about. And I was sponsored in Wisconsin by Parapol. Uh, Parapol is a company that sells pretty much all sorts of music education equipment, especially for elementary and middle school music educators. They don't deal with like brass and woodwind instruments, but if you're talking about ORF instruments and drums and ukuleles and things, um, they carry all those. So they sponsored both of my sessions and I was very, very thankful for that. Um, it's been a pleasure to get to know the company. It's a small company, but it's got a long legacy and a huge impact. Uh, in fact, as I'm teaching recorders with my students, their recorder is a great recorder. Um, I should have it here in the video. Um, let me go get it. Okay, I'm back. So um, what I'm holding is the Parapole. Uh, basically, this is their Halo Angel recorder. And for those of you who can't see it, it's a two-piece black recorder. Um, it eliminates the problems of that third joint and having to turn the third joint if you play it. Um, but it also comes with a neck hanger that splits apart so that a kid can't choke another kid. And they sound good and they play in tune. And Parapol is the only people that, uh, or is the only company that makes these. It's their patent. And um, they sell many, many, many of these each year. And my students are using these this year. So. Anyway, that's Parapol. No, they didn't sponsor this podcast, but I just wanted to mention that they had sponsored me, so I appreciate that. That was the first time actually I've given a presentation that's been sponsored by anyone, so that was that was a great pleasure to experience. Now, with that, I thought I would show you. I did get a new ukulele from Parapol. They are a lunar lunar. I said I'm saying lunar. They are a Luna distributor. And for a while, I've been looking at Zircote. Um, some people say Zircote ukulele. And I bought one of the Luna Zircotes. Now, Kala had one of these long before Luna did. And um, I didn't want to buy a Kala Zircote. So um, I decided I wanted to go to Luna. Now, as a, as a note and as a warning, if you listen to the got a ukulele if you listen to his videos or whatever he is not a big fan on luna as a whole luna has changed its identity a little bit i think in fact i know they were originally targeting themselves to be a ukulele company that geared itself towards female players it was really an intent um, it was a female ceo at the time 
And that was her mindset. And I think that is actually a, a something to be applauded. Why not reach out to a specific group of people? It's a great idea. Um, and the designs all reflected that. Now, that doesn't mean that there weren't guys that liked them too, but the intent was to reach out just like their guitar line. Um, since then, Luna has branched out in a bunch of ways, and the Zero Code is another one that kind of follows that. So, um, so the Parapol is a distributor of Luna, and so I knew that they had the Zero Code, and I asked them to send it. So it's got a really gorgeous stripe. It's not as orangey as the Calibran, um, and I haven't played it very much. But what I was saying about got a ukulele, incidentally, is that Barry Mazik got a ukulele does not think highly of Lunas in general. So I, it was good to just get a Luna too. And some people that own Lunas love them and they recommend them to others. Other people really put them down. So um, it's kind of a, a mixed bag. So I'll be reviewing that one eventually. Not sure when I'll get to it uh, because I'm still working on the Enya Nova. Now, as a little side note, the other thing I'm going to hold up here is a white Enya Nova, and um, if you are aware, I did an unboxing of a black Enya Nova. So no, I did not paint it, but what I did was I contacted the company and I asked them questions about durability, and I offered that if they had a model that I could drop intentionally, um, I asked if you had one that's damaged or flawed or doesn't play right, I don't care if it has strings, I would like to have one of these that literally I can take to school and drop from where the hanger is seven feet off the floor and drop it onto the ground, um, drop it a few times onto the terrazzo floor at our school. Um, and I've been in com conversation with Enya and they sent me a one of these ukuleles. And I'm trying to figure out where the flaw is, so I'm gonna feel a little guilty as I drop this, but... It's another Enya Nova. I just did not, I did not want to drop my own Enya from seven feet onto basically concrete floors to see if it stood up. So um, we'll see how it stands up. I'm looking forward to that, but I'm also a little sad. I, it seems like a perfectly fine instrument to me. Um, and I've, I've been testing it with some heat and some other things. And uh, just that's kind of interesting. So we'll leave it at that. Now at Wisconsin, there were some really big questions and I wanted to just address those just in case you're new to the podcast or haven't read any of the ukestuff.info blog or you haven't caught any of the videos. So the first one is uh, people were asking about the Jawoom Smart Tuner. Now, I don't know where mine is at the moment, to be honest with you. I may have left it at my parents' house because when I went to the Wisconsin convention, I stayed at my parents' house. Um, actually, my boys, I left with my parents so they could have some grandparent time and I went to the convention back and forth. So I think I may have left it at my parents' house, or it's just somewhere around here. I can't find it at the moment. But I've done videos on the Joe Smart Tuners. They're wonderful. I showed them to the audience. And, of course, when you show that device or the other device um, that came out right before it, the Rody Tuner, and you show people how they work, there's a gasp in the audience because people are like, wait a second, you can have a device that tunes ukuleles for you? The answer is yes. So um, that was the number one gasp in the audience so i wanted to point that out the second one was the ukefarm.com fonts now i want to do one caveat which is the uke farm company has been taken over by john uh john's son john died of cancer i think about a year ago or so um i believe it was right around christmas time or so 
And John was the guy that developed those fonts. He was the guy that I was interacting with that I said, could you make a color font? And he said, sure, I could do that. And we interacted. I, I take no credit for making it. I just asked him if it'd be possible, and he did it. Um, John's son is now in charge of the company, and I haven't been able to get in touch with him. Uh, because if you have a Mac, the most recent version of Mac, Catalina, um, makes some 32-bit, in fact, all 32-bit operating apps non-functional on your computer. And my version of Cordet for Ukulele does not run anymore on my MacBook. Now the fonts still work, but the program that you run on your MacBook to find out what the font map is does not work. So I've contacted uh, John's son a couple of times and I have not heard back and I've tried through the official contact form on the web page and through Facebook. You can still buy the font, but the one caveat that I want to give you is that if you buy the font, you may have to install it and just figure out what the keystrokes are yourself. Although some people, like I know Andy Ramos, my friend uh, from Houston, has on our, um, we have a ukulele play along Facebook page. He has uh, published a list of the fonts that he uses most, or the, the keystrokes for the fonts that he uses most frequently. But I, I hope that, that Jonathan's son, and his son's name is Jonathan, um, I hope that John's son, John Baxter's son, will uh, kind of start with some more uh, responses because either my emails are being blocked or are just not getting a response. So I showed them the Uke Farm fonts and they were amazed at that. Um, uh, the biggest question was um, what finger do you strum with? And again, every Hawaiian teacher that I've seen says it's one finger, it's the pointer finger, and you point to yourself and you point to the floor with a loose wrist like flicking water off of it and you're strumming where the neck meets the body. And that's what I teach my students. But I also um, tell them that if they need to use their thumb, they can, or if they want to use one of the picks that I had made, they can do that. Um, but I do want them to understand that the way that the Hawaiians teach it is the first finger, although you'll see all sorts of different ways of playing even there with those players as well. But that's where you start. And then the final big question from Wisconsin was from a person asked, should I teach my students to play a G chord with the C minor shape, or should I do it with the G? And one of my things, again, if you know my method or what I do, um, ultimately, with my method, I play the G chord and I teach it as the third chord that students learn. Now, again, I'm teaching it to fifth graders, so they're a little more advanced. They can get it. I think fourth graders could get it. Um, as you go younger, I know that's a big challenge, and I get it. But as I study the number of chords that are used in songs, and the songs that both we make and other people, the first chord that's most commonly used is C, and the next one is G. Now, I, I totally get teaching F second. I'm okay with that. I know there are teachers that only teach one-finger chords, but there are only so many songs you can play with those. I mean, eventually you run out of songs you can do with just one finger. Um, but you don't run out of songs when you build towards this, the number of chords as they appear in song. There's always literature. So with that in mind, I teach the G chord second. But the person at the convention asked, should I play it like a G minor 7, basically, like C minor shape, but up one fret? So if you're listening to this on the radio, it's barring strings 1, 2, and 3 on the second fret, leaving the fourth string, the one closest to you, open. Then using the second finger on the second string third fret to 
make the G chord and they want to know if that should be done. And I just said, I, I don't know. I just changing chords quickly. That doesn't seem to be a, a quick, quicker option of changing for me. But again, the only negatives or the only really don't do this in ukulele is really don't like reach over to D and play with your the D chord with your thumb. Although I was just watching Feng Yi, that young phenomenon uh, player the other day, and he was reaching over to play chords with his thumb. So you know what? He's, he's going to play better than I'm ever going to play. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It just, he is. And if he's going to play this thumb, who am I to judge? But if you want to teach the G chord that way, that was, you know, I, I had not thought of that for a long time. So um, I just want to bring that to you as an option of how to play G chord. Baritone resources. And there was a lot of questions about baritone ukuleles. I encourage now people to make resources for baritone ukulele as well. It continues to grow in popularity. Uh, people are buying them like crazy. I think they like the deeper sound of it. And it's a great for an education. I know lots of schools start with ukulele, move to baritone ukulele like in eighth grade or seventh grade, and then shift to guitar in the high school. So they're kind of looking at it as kind of like a, a transition uh, instrument. That's great, but one of the things you'll find out is that the number of resources for baritone ukulele is much smaller than others. So I was just looking online and um, there are baritone resources out there. Not only are there the playlongs that I've been making for baritone since last summer, so there's more than a hundred of them out there, but um, some other websites you might want to look not for videos but just content, baritoneukulele.net pdfminstrel.wordpress.com has a, a baritone ukulele part. ukeeducation.org has a lot of baritone chord melody songs. And I think the biggest one is really humblebaritronics.blogspot.com. Um, and there's lots of links, lots of other material there that you might want to look at. So if you're looking for baritone resources, they're out there. They're not as plentiful as GCEA, Soprano Concert, or Tenor Resources, but they're out there. Channel shoutouts. Um, a couple weeks ago, Daniel Hulbert from the Circus and Strings channel uh, did a contest. And I don't even know if the contest is closed yet. He makes these really cool uh, multi-tools that are shaped like a ukulele. So it's something you can carry on your keychain. And, you know, and it has like a box cutter and a screwdriver and this kind of screwdriver. They're really cool. And he makes those. Um, his channel is really cool. I've been watching it for quite a long time. And I don't even mean recently. I mean, I've been watching it for a couple years. Um, and he makes these really short and, and informative, but also not judgmental uh, videos. So, for example, he'll introduce a new product. And he doesn't really go into the negatives of it. He just presents the product and lets you know that it's out there. Um, very positive guy. I, I've never heard him say actually a negative word about a company or a product um, at all. I just, he's not that way. Anyway, a couple weeks ago, for no reason at all, um, he ran this contest, gave away a few of those um, ukulele tools, multi-tools that he had made, and he asked people to be willing to subscribe to my channel and a couple other channels. And that was really, really kind of his. And I thought, you know what, I need to be going back and letting you know other channels that I follow that you might be interested in too. So um, without being a surprise, the number one 
uh, or the, not the number one, but the first channel I'd say is right back at Circuits and Strings. So if you're not following Daniel Holbert at Circuits and Strings, um, do so. You're going to find a guy that makes his own ukuleles, makes his own tools. There's some other links and some other neat, cool things that he does. Um, but just... I'm fascinated by his work and um, lately he's been doing like a lot of like time-lapse work or you know like showing a video and speeding up and his process of building a ukulele um, he just really made recently just made a mini dulcimer uh, and that sort of thing so fascinating channel and uh, I, I'm gonna direct you there check it out the second one is a guy by the name of Steve Girardi and he's another fellow that has started making his own instruments um, at a little different level than than like Daniel. He's more like myself where he'll like assemble an instrument out of existing like things. So and he goes farther than I do. So he's made canjos, he's made them out of like various cookie tins and and things like that. And um, he also um, like has fallen in love with the ukulele and is reviewing a bunch of different brands like Camise and Aklat and some other things that are out there. So check out Steve's videos. I like that channel a lot too. Um, if I'm if I'm just looking through my feed every day of what videos are there and uh, Steve's video is there, I'll watch one of those too without without question or make the time that day to do it. Now, side note altogether. Uh, Steve emailed me today. First time I've actually communicated with Steve. I've talked with Daniel a few times uh, via email back and forth. But Daniel and Steve are teaming up together to do a giveaway. So if you make a, leave a comment on both Steve's channel and on the video about the giveaway, and you leave a comment on Daniel's channel about the giveaway, you'll have an option to win a ukulele that Steve built, I believe out of a, a Christmas cookie tin, and and one of the Jawoom tuners that I talked about earlier in the video. So uh, check out the contest that they're going to be offering. I'll try to put links into the video for all the things that I'm talking about here. So if you're um, looking at the description below, hopefully all the links are there. And if you're listening to this on a podcast sort of distribution platform, um, I'll try to make sure that the links and so forth are also in the notes of the podcast feed. Incidentally, if you're listening to the podcast, please consider listening to this podcast via Radio Public. Um, for every qualified listen, something like two pennies comes back to whoever's, um, whoever's channel is being run through the podcast. I think so far I've had two qualified listens with a total revenue of four cents but hey that's all right um so again think about it i've been trying to make sure that i do as much my podcast listening through radio public so that people are registered with that company that they can get my qualified listen back to them it's kind of nice couple more channels brand new one for you from a long time well i don't know if i'll say long time but one of my uh, colleagues in the world of ukulele playalongs, and uh, for those of you that are watching the video, I'm wearing my ukuleleans t-shirt that I bought. Uh, that's the some of the uh, merch that she is making off uh, available. Rachel Webley with um, the ukuleleans has now started a second channel, just like I have. Um, so again, your main channel can never be monetized because of the playalongs. And it's also good to have a place where people just go for playalongs. 
Then I made this second channel to have all my other content, including tutorials and other things. So Rachel, in the last couple days, has like outdone herself. She's introduced this new channel called Ukulele Whales, and she has put out, it seems like, a dozen videos already. I don't know how she's having time to do it, because it takes forever to make and edit videos. And I'll be honest with you, what she's putting out is probably better than what I'm doing. So um, check out what she's doing. Now, the one thing she's definitely doing too is she's actually showing how to play the songs and singing along with it. Sort of in the light of the ukulele teacher, John Atkins, who also does that. I've purposely chosen not to do that because um, when you do that, and the couple times that I have done that, I get a copyright notification from whoever owns the song that... Uh, the song's under copyright, so therefore I can't monetize that video. So when you're watching my tutorials, when I'm talking about what chords to play and what to strum, um, I'm purposely not singing the song or adding that other part so that those videos can remain uh, something that someday can be monetized if people watch them. So that's the one difference. And also, Rachel's doing great stuff with a green screen. I'm, I'm currently in our basement of our house, which is the only quiet place that I can go and record these. I was recording in our guest room in the basement, but um, had some negative feedback about how that looked. So I've moved to the corner of our basement, which has these wonderful red painted walls. So ukulele whales, uh, check it out. It's brand new, but I think you'll like what she has to offer there. And then finally, uh, the last channel I would like to bring to you is Rich Davis. Rich Davis had a pretty good channel going. Um, he had a couple thousand subscribers, I think. I can't remember what his number was. Um, the channel was generating some small income, like 10 to $12 a day, he mentioned. Which, I mean, think about that. That's that's pretty decent. Uh, in a year, that's like $3,000. That, that covers, you know, a bunch of ukulele purchases for fun. It could, could pay for you know, one trip to Hawaii or something. You never know. I mean, that's the kind of joy. Most people that I know that are making these videos, they would like to earn some income from them, but they're not looking to retire on it. They're not looking to become the next person with 8 billion views. But what they would like is a little trickle of income to help sustain the channel and keep it going. So again, when you see someone and if you like their channel, hit that subscribe button and then watch their videos every now and because that really is helpful. So anyway, Rich had this situation where he got a scam email. Um, it told him that his YouTube credentials or whatever were expiring or whatever it was. He wrote, um, then said, you have to change your password, click the link. Unfortunately, um, and here's some technology advice, never click a direct link in an email ever, unless it's from someone that you implicitly trust. So go in and retype the email uh, use Google search to find the website. Whatever you need to do, don't click on the link because they can even mask a link to make it look like something else. And Rich went in, thought that he was changing his YouTube password and basically gave his YouTube password to this, um, I think he said it was in Russia, and Rich's channel was hacked and he didn't get it back and the channel's still not back and all those videos are basically gone. So Rich is back on YouTube. He is recording on his original channel. He had a couple. And so look for Rich Davis and see if you can find his channel and resubscribe because I'd love to see him get to the point. I've always enjoyed Rich's uh, content. He's not a music educator. Um, he is a amateur. I think he'd be fine with that term. 
amateur um, just musician that loves to make music but what he's going to show you is someone who is loving making music he's loving um, just life and um, he is so thrilled at things so like when he opens a, a package or he's playing ukulele for the first time it's fascinating to watch. I love those unboxings. I love watching people interact with the instrument the first time. I know there are some people that hate those videos, but I enjoy it. It, it It's almost like, um, as I've, I've talked about as being a dad, as a kid, I always loved opening the packages. Today, as a father, it's more fun to watch my kids as they open their packages than it is to open packages myself. There's great joy in that. So there's great joy in watching somebody else and their love of music, or their way of helping each other, or um, Rich's way of giving back. It's just fascinating. So check out Rich Davis's YouTube channel as well. Now, um, the final thing that I want to talk about today, oh no, there's two more things actually. Um, the next one is an added thing, but yesterday, um, right before I left school, I have a little bit of downtime before I left school, I just really quick looked on Facebook, and somebody was posting, and I'm not even going to go into it, on one of the channels about their brand new outdoor ukulele and how awful it was with intonation. So I immediately went home and pulled out all three of my outdoor ukuleles. Now, if you're not, if you're watching the video, if you're not watching the video, I should say, I'm holding up a first generation outdoor ukulele that was gifted to me by someone on the internet version of the ukulele underground forums because I had mentioned that I really wanted one um, just to collect more than anything else because I really liked my outdoor ukuleles and someone very kindly sent me this instrument and I've reviewed it in the past I've made a couple other videos with it so if you're looking on YouTube you can look those up but if I look to check tuning it really does hold its tuning very well I have Martin M600 strings on it, and the harmonics are right where they're supposed to be, but when I play the notes at the 12th fret, notes can be, in fact, all the notes are pretty sharp. As you go up the neck, it it's kind of all over the place, but a lot of ukuleles don't necessarily play so well in tune up the neck. And one of the problems with this first generation is that the frets were so tall that if you press down too hard, you really, you really can, I'm just pressing on the string and it causes the pitch to wave, which is pretty amazing. They fixed that. I think their next instrument was a tenor, if I remember correctly, while they were still revamping. So right now I'm holding my outdoor ukulele tenor. There is a newer version of this made of polycarbonate, very much like the Enya Nova. And it's not really polycarbonate. Well, it's polycarbonate and carbon fiber is what I meant to say. There's a new version like that. I don't own one of those. It doesn't make sense to me to upgrade just for a black color or for the carbon fiber because the polycarbonate is strong enough for me. But at the 12th fret, harmonics are just fine. And intonation is a little bit better 
um, than on the original outdoor ukulele soprano. Still, for what I do, where most of my work is done on the very top part of the ukulele, um, this is not a problem for me. So I, I'm not really bothered by the intonation there, and I don't expect a fretted instrument to ever have perfect intonation. Well, here is the one. Now I'm holding in my hands the outdoor ukulele second generation soprano. This is a bottled brown version, and I'll make sure that it's in tune. All right. All right, so at the position where I'm normally playing, fine. But at the 12th fret, harmonics are fine, but when I play the notes, they can be a little sharp too. The C in particular, G is right in tune. I have no problems with that. Now, I'm running Martin 600s, their fluorocarbons, on both sopranos, and my tenor right now is running Aquila sugar strings, which are even a little thicker than the Martins. Um, but I don't know. I, I can't say that the intonation is horrible. I've got other ukuleles that it's much, 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 much worse. I'm not too worried about it. So, um, but the person in the video showed their new, you know, their new ukulele and how poorly it was playing out of tune. So I, but when something is cast like this, I don't know how it can waver in intonation. It has to be right. I mean, because it's molded. It's not like it's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to approach that topic. But all I'm going to tell you is that from my experience and the other ukuleles that I played, I like them a lot. Final item. We're right at 31 minutes here or so of the video. This is your public service announcement in North America that it is probably time to humidify your ukulele. So if you're watching this video, I'm showing you that I bought a very inexpensive uh, clasping, almost like shoebox, plastic tub, Sterilite. I think these were like 99 cents or something at at Walmart. They might be a little more with that locking lid. But I use this to fill up with distilled water. And then um, I'm holding in my hand a humidifier, 50 milliliter humidifier that I make myself out of test tubes. I thought about a year ago about starting to sell these, but then tax codes changed where you have to pay tax now from every state and it's a mess. So I didn't do anything with it. So I've used 50 milliliter test tubes and when they dry out, they just get loose again and then you can just rehumidify them. They should last more than a couple years. I like using quarter storage vials with twist taps on them. Those work very well. And then I also have some 20 milliliter, well that's a, sorry, it's a 10 milliliter test tube. And then I think this is a five milliliter test tube if you're looking at the video. But again, use distilled water. Here's my uh, new jug of distilled water. And I need to go and humidify ukuleles. And you might say, why? Well, when the humidity drops below 40%, here the ukuleles can dry out and crack. And I have one ukulele I've been leaving out, and I am like 95% sure that right there I've got a crack on the face of my bonanza. It's about an inch long. 
So I need to, and I can't feel it from the top, so it's it's not, you know, um, I need to get this guy humidified right away. And it's just a reminder of all my wood ukuleles. Now, as also a suggestion to you is you can humidify in a gig bag. It's not going to hurt you to do that. Cases are better, but gig bags will work. Um, one of the things I love to do is I love to put one humidifier right here on top of the strings when I'm storing them. And then I also put one of those big 50 milliliters in the case. So like a 10 millimeter here, milliliter there, and then a 50 millimeter in the case around the neck. And then uh, once it starts getting humid out again, the humidity goes up above 40% here in our part of the world, then I stop humidifying and let the, all the humidifiers dry out and get them ready to go for the next year. And I'll need to make a few more humidifiers. So um, that's what we're looking at. So just as a public service announcement, if you have, if you're in North America or I'd say Europe, and you are now in the winter, it is officially time to start humidifying your instruments. So I've covered a lot of topics there. Hopefully some of that stuff was useful to you. Hopefully you're having a great time and playing. Uh, check out later this month, I will be, um, at some point, my son Luke is very excited to come on another video and we will do another shopping guide for ukulele players and something for you to look at if you're looking at some gifts for your loved ones or what to ask for for yourself for this year. So thanks for watching episode 22. That's a wrap and we will catch you next time.